it's a full um, submersive interesting like experience but like you can't imagine it the, the the way it goes dark and you can see the sunset all the way around and the crickets are chirping and the birds are singing it's just a very interesting thing to experience I'm Jim Fox, and welcome to the Luminovation Podcast, where we shine a light on innovation, creativity, entrepreneurship, and the creative people who make our world a better and more interesting place to live. Welcome to the Lumen Innovation Podcast. We're here at the Southern Illinois University in what town are we in? Carbondale, Illinois. Carbondale, Illinois. And why is today cool? What's going on today, guys? The eclipse. The eclipse. <laughs> the eclipse 2017, right? Yes. So we're here to watch the eclipse, and uh, this is a cool college town here. And I happened to run across a FIRST robotics team, and that immediately got my attention. So tell us about FIRST. Okay, so FIRST stands for, for Inspiration and Recognition of Science and Technology. It was founded by Dean Kamen. Um, it's basically a way to focus on technology and knowledge instead of sports. So we build robots and compete with them. Yeah, Riley, tell us more. Uh, what is your involvement then? I build on the robots and I gun the robots, so I do a lot of the shooting and scoring, and I do a lot of prototypes. So pretty much most, the majority, if not all of the components I've made out of cardboard, <laughs> or make them for real. Yes. Cool, and we're also blessed here by the presence of two Emilys. One of the Emilys, go ahead and tell us your involvement in first. Um, well, first I'm a driver on, of our robot, so right. I do a lot of practicing, which I'm not very good at it still, even after months, but that's okay. It's good. Um, I also help build, um, I do the notebook, I help with community outreach, I try to do anything I can, because I love to just be involved as much as I can. Emily number two. <laughs> I'm really a builder. Um, I, st I coached a little bit at the beginning of the year, so at competitions I would try and keep us focused on scoring and getting the most points we could. And I also do a lot of notebook and public outreach as well. Very good. Uh, Wyatt, what, what has your involvement been here in FIRST with um, FTC? Well, I'm one of the younger kids. No, so got to start somewhere. Yeah, you know, I mainly help with building and stuff. You know, okay. If I need to prototype anything, so. But I also do a lot of the notebooking and outreach and stuff when they ask me to. So first is so multifaceted. There's so many ways to get involved. Yeah. Uh, and Mark has found a unique way to get involved. Here, what's your involvement? Uh, I am the coach of the teams. Um, we started about seven years ago with the one team and. Uh, the second year we started uh, the second, and last year we started the third. Obviously. Yeah, you, you said teams, and I was going to kind of lead you into the three teams, but yeah, you beat me to it. Uh, you've got three different teams here, all run out of the same school, right? Yes. Right. Very good. And you said it's seven, seven years now? Yes, yeah, it's our seventh year. Okay, and you're wearing multiple hats as a teacher of several different classes. Right, I teach uh, physics, uh, environmental science, astronomy, uh, principles of technology, biology. First time I taught biology in seven years. Oh, it was my master's degree in biology. Okay. Very cool. Um, and what is the name of your school? Uh, we go to Marion High School. Marion High School. And that's just east of here, maybe 15 or so miles, right? Yeah. And Carbondale is not quite at the southern tip of Illinois, but it's kind of close. Mm -hmm. uh, we're maybe, what, 130 or so miles uh, southeast of St. Louis. 
somewhere around in the. Yeah, that's about right. We're we about 50 miles north of the Illinois state line. We okay. make we make the joke that we're closer to anything in Tennessee and Kentucky than we are in Illinois. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So right at the very southern tip. So how do you guys get involved in this event? So you guys are FTC, uh, and that's definitely supporting science, technology, engineering, and math. How does today's activities help you guys support your mission? Okay, so we actually got asked, we uh, have a sponsor, HackSI, and they do a hackathon event in Southern Illinois, and we actually got asked while we were there volunteering if we would do a demo for the Eclipse. And uh, just being out here, we've had a lot of people ask, how can I start this in my community? How can I bring this to my school? How can I be a coach? How can I be a mentor? And I think that we're really spreading the fact that, uh, you know, this is not just a college thing. We've been asked a lot, oh, are you a college team? No, we're in high school. Some of us are as young as 14. Yeah. And so I think that it kind of is putting us out there and it's promoting first nationally because a lot of people will come to Southern Illinois for this. Very good. Uh, let's see, Wyatt, uh, what, are, what are the team numbers associated with your three teams? Um, you know? It's just the order of the teams. The, th the three team numbers, anyone know okay. the three numbers? So the first, the first number is 5187. That was our beginning team. They're the Transistor Titans. 6206. Six two zero six Holmes Olympians. And then our team, because it was made last year, has a longer number. We are one one four six two, and we're the Mechanical Muses. Yeah. So what I was, you you kind of got to what I was. My point is that these team numbers are assigned approximately sequentially. On occasion, they will get them a little bit out of sequence. But but you mentioned five digits up in the ten and ten yes. and eleven thousand. So that tells us that there's tons and tons of teams at the FTC level. Uh, FRC level is the other high school program, uh, and it's m much bigger. Robots about one hundred and fifty pounds, and they're they're big. And those team numbers are getting up into the 6,000 range. So, yes. so you got about 10 or 11,000 FTC teams. A few of them maybe over the years no longer exist, but there's about that many teams. And at FRC level, there's about 6,000 or so teams. So this is definitely making an impact in America's educational system. Yes, it's, it is. It's definitely making an impact. How do you see that in the classroom, Mark? Is that making a difference for you? Oh, yeah. It's, we, we started up uh, about three years ago, the tech class that I teach. And kids, you know, it's, it's continually full. Uh, we teach kids um, just basic soldering skills. Uh, we use Lego Mindstorms in the classroom. And, you know, once they see how easy it is, then they, they hit it. Let's try out for the team. From an administration point of view, are you able to go back to your school and to your boss and say, hey, this, this program is making a difference and we, we need more funding for this? Is, are you able to win that argument yet? Uh, we are making strides. Okay, uh, we, that's we good. We have gone from, you know, us fundraising everything we needed to the teams, the high school now supporting us to some extent, and this year we're actually, I am talking with the administration to try to get a little more money since we started at 13. To be okay. fair though, we've changed administration three times in the last like three years. Yeah, but the, so. way, the, the way to help win that battle is what you guys are doing in yeah. the classroom and, and as you graduate, you've got doing big and better cool things in college and beyond. So can you guys talk about it from the student's perspective as how it's maybe changed your path? Anybody wanna go? Anyone, um, anyone yet? <laughs> my story, I, I'm still not planning on being an engineer, but when I started robotics, I had no idea about how engineering worked or how much of this technology works. So I went in hands-on and got to try some things that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to try. Yeah, that's a good idea to <laughs> kind of get a broader experience base to, to figure out what you may like or what you may not like. I uh, personally have gone through a interesting trek. I started taking pictures for the team when I was in seventh grade. My older brother was on the team. And then when I joined, I was like, okay, I might want to do engineering. So then I went from engineering to, I started doing missions and I was like, I want to do medical. So I've combined those and I'm thinking about going into biomedical engineering. Oh, that's cool. I know so, another first student doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, very good. Well, let's go around the room real quick here and talk about your grade level. What grade are you in? I'm a senior. Senior, good. I'm a junior. 
a junior. Emily? I'm also a junior. Other Emily? I just graduated. Mark, what grade are you in? <laughs> you, uh, you teach at all, what, what levels do you teach at? Which classes? Oh, it's, uh, actually this year I have everybody but freshmen. Okay, cool. And Wyatt? Uh, I'm a sophomore. You're a sophomore, very cool. So part of the reason we're here, a big part of the reason we're here is to talk about the eclipse, which is a, kind of a chance of a lifetime, but down, I'm from Houston, and, and the eclipse come up in 2024. It'll not only cross through this area also, but it'll come real close to White Love Down in Texas as well. So it's kind of, in theory, a chance of a lifetime, but actually it won't. In seven <laughs> years, we'll get to do it all again. Um, let's talk about a little bit about what you think you're going to see. And it is now 11.30. 11.52 is when the eclipse officially starts, and about an hour and a half later, we'll get uh, total, total uh, eclipse. And give us an idea of what you think you're going to see in the next half an hour to three hours. Someone, go ahead. Any ideas? It's going to be dark. It's going to be dark. <laughs> We're going to see dark in the middle of the day. That's going to be kind of a neat effect. What else? Uh, my mom has been through partial eclipses, and she told me it's just like, you can't really explain it. Just, first of all, you're going to see, you're going to see the stars. You're going to have animals around you are going to think it's being night. So they're going to start, the birds are going to start singing the songs. You're going to have crickets chirping. And it's just kind of one of those, it's completely submersive experience. So I think that's going to be really cool. Very nice. Anyone else? I'm ready to see the actual hot atmosphere around the sun. The corona. Yeah, yes. you can actually see it, and I think that's really awesome because in the daylight, you don't get that at all. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's Anyone else? Anyone my else thoughts on this? My little brother was actually telling me he saw a video in class or something. He was excited about how you, when a totality was about to be reached, you could see, because of the landscape of the moon, the yeah. little shimmeries? Yeah, does That's anyone remember the name of that? Uh, to be able to see the, the little uh, kind of like oh. small light bulbs of light on the leading and trailing edge of, of the moon shadow. Actually, I feel like honest, Mr. Wallace knows the same thing. <laughs> I, I forget the, the I it's, it's, ring effect. it's, it's named after that. someone's name. I forget the name, but it's something's beads because it's, it's, yes. a, it's like, like Bob's beads or something. I forget, I forget the name, but it's but it's. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing that as well because you're right. It's as the line is the light is re reflecting or refracting around the uh, contours of the moon's surface. You get these little glimmers of of dots of light right at the beginning and, and end of totality. So that'd be kind of cool to see. Why? What do you think you're going to see? It's going to be like I don't know. I feel like it's going to be like a breathtaking experience with all these people here. Yeah. You know, it's just going to be. It's just going to be great. Very good. Uh, Mark? Well, I'm looking forward to it since it's almost 90 degrees with really high humidity. Yeah. The temperature drops a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking when I left the hotel this morning, so I put sunscreen on, but it's like, no, you can't get a sunburn in an eclipse. But actually, you can, but yeah, it's, it's oh, kind of, it struck me as ironic a little bit. I also like to see the, um, where it's like the sunrise, but it's going to be 360. Yeah, that's, that's kind of one thing I'm glad someone mentioned on it. It's going to be basically a 360 degree sunrise or sunset, and, uh, and right in the middle of the sky will be no sun. So yeah. it's, it's kind of a strange phenomenon. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to take some pictures of that. I didn't bring any photography equipment, so cell phones are going to have to do for the day. I think the coolest thing is I get to experience it with my team. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Who can describe uh, what's going on here at campus and even in Carbondale? Can kind of describe, set the scene for the listeners here. What, what are we experiencing when we drive through town and come through campus? Okay. Traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Traffic is definitely the beginning. You're uh, hitting complete gridlock when you come into the campus, but there's a carnival type thing going on outside and there's booths set up different vendors um, there's corn dogs pretzels you know the basic carnival foods and then we're also seeing um, lots of science technology engineering and math different vendors inside the building uh, there's two plant mini planetariums set up um, 
and there's just NASA's here and um, the research center is getting a lot of attention. It's here on campus, but we actually don't get noticed very much, but it's getting a lot of attention and just engineering in general is getting a lot of attention. I'm not as familiar with this here as you guys are, of course, but I saw outside a few booths for museums. Uh, does anyone know anything about the museums that, that are nearby in the area? Uh, I, I certainly don't. I saw the booths and I, I, I want to spend some time there later today, but. There's the, what's the, the kids science museum in Carbondale, I think. Oh yeah, there's um, there's a hands-on. It's it's called the science museum, but it's a hands-on um, learning thing that goes on for the kids, and they like they have different ways that they explain physics, and um, it's really cool. I got to take my little sisters there, and they had a blast. There's different uh, there's like old medical equipment set up so they can play doctor, those kind yeah. of things. They learn how light works. So that was pretty cool. I'm not sure if that's what's out there, but that's well, cool. This is kind of a unique opportunity because, you know, every year or two, just random things happen in culture and where science is fun. You know, to come out and watch Eclipse is a fun event to be a part of. Uh, several years ago when the, the Mars rovers were making headlines, you know, landing and, and science become fun for those those few days or few weeks. But talk about some of the, the other things that you guys can remember over the years where you where you were constantly aware that science is fun this day because something is going on. Is there, is there anything that comes to mind there? I always thought science was fun. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We're, we're I was like, I personally have always been in science. Yeah, um, but, but for like STEM, you know, what you guys are doing at first, we're, we're trying to go and grab the non-scientists and bring them into our world, right? For, for so. our specific community in Marion, we actually hosted a robotics tournament at our school, and I feel like that brought it brought the community together to see like oh this is science and it's happening here in our little rural, rural it's not so rural anymore but this town in southern Illinois it's like the podunk area of Illinois everybody's like oh you're from Illinois Chicago no way down, way down. so um, I think that that was pretty cool I, I was in junior high at that point and we hosted that it brought in a lot of people very good uh, anything else why what do you remember on the maybe in, uh, as you were growing up that there were a couple of days that stick out of like whoa this stuff is kind of cool I always remember seeing stuff like, I mean, when I was younger, I was I, I, I enjoyed computer science a lot okay. more. Good. So I would always see these new things coming up, and it's, it's just about like new different ways to do things. Like, I don't know if you saw this, but like MIT actually made like a robot yeah. that can be controlled with your brain. And these learning things is really mainly STEM and engineering. Yeah, yeah those days, anytime they come up with something new and I see it, I just completely just lose myself. You totally geek out on them. <laughs> yes. It's pretty much like at least one, uh, once a week. Just <laughs> There's just some headline. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Very good. So I'm going to read off here the, uh, I'm pulling this off a website, so I hope it's accurate. But for Carbondale, uh, the eclipse will start. We'll get the beginning of the partial eclipse at 11.52 and 22 seconds. Uh, about an hour and a half later at, oh, let's see, that would be at 1.20. Um, at 1.20 we'll have, let's see, the start of total eclipse, and then that lasts for about two minutes or so. And then at, I'm trying to change UTC to local time is my problem. Uh, <laughs> so it'd be about 2.47 will be the end of the partial eclipse. So it'd be something close to two and a half to three hours of eclipse action going on. So it'd be a lot of time to kind of really see it. Have you guys had a chance to take your, your eclipse classes and look at the sun yet? Yeah, yeah we did Describe that, because not everyone gets the opportunity. I mean, someone that doesn't live along this path, there's no market to get eclipse classes probably, so they've never had a chance to do that. Describe that. The sun looks a lot smaller when you yeah. have one. It does, yes it does. Yeah, yeah you don't think and about it, because it causes so much. Yeah, there's just so much for like cool. Sun, you, don't think I don't know you get like the sharp edges too, yeah. which you don't see when you just look at it with your plain The sun eyes. doesn't look like a blob, it looks like a very, 
defined circle. Yeah, it looks very of, much like a, a small basketball. It's just a yes. perfectly round thing. Yeah. And there's because, you know, the, like you look up in the sky and even if you don't look directly at the sun, it's like it looks huge because yes. the light coming off of it is so widespread. But then when you look at it with the glasses, it's just like, oh, it's like that big. Yeah, that same effect surprised me too the first time I did it. Uh, so I'm kind of anxious to see how all this looks uh, with, uh, with during the eclipse. Any other thoughts on that of what you experienced when you put on your glasses for the first time? All you see is the sun. Like, you turn around and there's just yeah. nothing. It's complete black, and it's just the sun. These things are really, really dark. I've, I mean, we've all looked through welding glasses probably a, a few times, and these are way darker than that. Where yeah. Welding glasses, if you just look at the light in your room through them, you can see the light. But on these, you just you can't. Uh, it's they're, they're way darker. But, yeah, uh, let's see. What We've got about an hour and a half or so until, actually about an hour 40 until the start of the total eclipse. Any last thoughts on, on what you think you might see? And then we're going to take a break, go have some fun for a while, then we'll try to regather uh, afterwards and kind of see what we saw or talk about what we saw. I don't know. I'm just really excited. Me to too. See what it is. <laughs> yeah. See what it looks like for real. Yeah, definitely. This like, you can, you can watch YouTube videos, but I think the, the experience in life, like the being there up close, personal experience is going to be cool. Yeah, the path of, of uh, totality goes uh, at a slight curve, but diagonally across the country, starting in Oregon and then going over to South Carolina, and we're kind of right in the middle of that path here. Uh, and the path of totality is somewhere around 50 or so miles wide. Is that is that kind of what you guys understand? Is yes. About 50 or so miles wide. And we're just barely, slightly north of the exact center of that line, I think. So yeah, it's like eight miles it's south. Yeah. Canada, but it's like yeah, right Canada. in the center. Yeah. <laughs> So this would be, definitely be kind of cool to uh, to see. Um, that's that's good enough, and we'll uh, we'll come back and revisit in a, uh, sometime this afternoon, and we'll uh, talk about what we saw. All right, sounds great. good. That sounds great. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Luminovation podcast. We'll see you in a bit. Let's break out of the program here for a few seconds to give a shout out to our sponsor, Puzzometry, the hardest puzzle you'll never solve. If you love working on challenging, unique, and beautiful mechanical puzzles, then you've just got to try Puzzometry. P-U-Z-Z-O-M-E-T-R-Y, Puzzometry.com. They have three different puzzles to choose from, and all are for sale at Puzzometry.com. Check it out. You'll be glad that you did. Puzzometry can also be found on Twitter and Facebook. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Luminovation podcast, where we shine a light on innovation. Before we get back to the program, I want to let you know that you can find all of the episodes of the Luminovation podcast on our webpage, luminovation.com, L-U-M-innovation.com, luminovation.com. We are also on iTunes as well as soundcloud.com. At Luminovation.com, you can find a short video of the moments just before the eclipse, as well as a short video of the 360-degree sunset as seen during the first few seconds of the eclipse totality in Carbondale, Illinois. Check it out at Luminovation.com. And now back to the program. About one hour after the end of eclipse totality, I sat down with members of the Mars Robotics First Tech Challenge team from Marion, Illinois, to further discuss their team, as well as what they experienced during the eclipse. All right, welcome back to the Luminovation podcast. We're back here at Southern Illinois University, and we're here with 
Haley, Riley, Emily, and Emily from which robotics team? Uh, we're actually all from the Mechanical Muses, Team 11462. Cool. All right, great. And great to have you all back here. And we're just uh, a few minutes ago, we did the before eclipse, now post eclipse. Tell us what you experienced. It was amazing. I'm so glad I got to be here to experience it. You know, like you, he you hear about when you're talking about the eclipse, people tell you like it's a full, um, submersive, interesting like experience, but like you can't imagine it. The, the, the way it goes dark and you can see the sunset all the way around and the crickets are chirping and the birds are singing. It's just a very interesting thing to experience. Yeah, we actually I, I, ran outside when when it was getting ready to start. <laughs> we you were, guys we were, were inside working working your booth. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Very cool. So you mentioned the animals. I, I was uh, I guess I didn't either wasn't consciously aware of it or I wasn't able to hear them. But did you actually hear birds and? Things? You could hear. Uh, we were standing by the woods, like okay. by a tree line, so you could hear the birds singing, and there were there were a couple frogs frogs croaking, and then you could hear the crickets chirping just about everywhere. Very cool. Riley, what about you? What did you? What was your experience like? I thought it was really cool seeing like the sun just go away. <laughs> it was kind of amazing how quickly it went away, right? It was, yeah. it was not quite as, qu as quick as a light switch being turned off, but it was close. It, yeah. it really went dark fairly and quickly. You could just hear the crowd cheer as soon yes. as it... Yeah. And yeah. it was funny because like, later Emily said, she's like, we're cheering for nature. They don't care. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect to hear the crowd, but I did hear that. And I heard it a few minutes earlier when the clouds broke, right? The clouds were kind of threatening to ruin the whole show for us. And they broke right at the last minute. And yeah. I heard, heard the crowd cheering from that. Uh, Emily, uh, any anything? Actually, my favorite moment was when there was a, a thin cloud cover, and you could actually look at it without the glasses on. Yeah. And you could see light coming out through the thinner area of the cloud, and I actually could take a picture of it. So. Did, did it turn out? Yeah. Uh, okay, we obviously can't show it here on audio, but I tried to take a few <laughs> pictures with my phone, and it was enough to kind of prove that I was there, but not much more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was the cloud cover, and I, that was my favorite part. That and the the like sunrise. Yeah, it was it was really kind of amazing to be you know more or less bright daylight and you're able to look right at the sun and uh, yeah and, and certainly during the time of totality to be able to see the corona and all that. Uh, yeah. The other Emily, Emily yeah. too. You got anything to add here? What <laughs> what was? Oh gosh, I think we've I think we've said a lot of it already. It was it, it was it was incredible how fast the light came lights came back on. You know, seeing just the little yeah. rim around the moon around the moon and then how quickly it came back. I think the most incredible experience was right after totality, like this couple seconds after totality, there's that diamond ring effect. And you see like where the edge of the moon is now moving past the edge of the sun and you can, it looks like a diamond ring and it's so bright and beautiful. Yeah, and, and the center was particularly dark. It yeah. was really quite a contrast to the bright corona and the, the darker moon shadow, I guess you could say, or the, the moon. <laughs> but uh, very cool. So when, uh, see if you've done your homework, when is the next one? Seven years, Seven 2024. Years. And it comes <laughs> kind of right through April. here in Carbondale, right? Yeah. Right Very in cool. April. You guys will be well into college by then, I'm sure. Oh, or we're coming back, mm -hmm. though. We're, we're going to be right. here, though. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, well, thank you for sharing this experience. But before we run off, tell us what you were doing that you basically had to run from, run from to get here in time <laughs> for this. Um, so we were actually out on the uh, stadium field. We had to set up our robotics uh, field. And then we did a demonstration where we had a scrimmage for the robots while our coach commentated. And then we had to tear it all down and sprint back here to do this podcast before we have to leave. And this isn't just any of any robotics. This is no, it's first robotics. First it's FTC, robotics. and it's awesome. First tech challenge, yeah. and you guys are, have all been in first tech challenge for uh, at least a few years, right? You're all yeah. at least sophomores. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you guys? And it's awful early, I realize, but do you have any idea where your career may be, say, five or ten years down the road? I think I'm going to go into biomedical engineering. Very cool. And how about you? I definitely want to do something medical. 
Good, good. Emily's? I want to double major in mechanical and chemical engineering. Whoa, you've got a tough road, but it isn't <laughs> yeah. a rewarding one. Yeah, she, she can do it. And I actually am a, a little bit of the odd one out. I'd like to be an art educator, but <laughs> I realize now that you can actually use a lot of the things I learned in robotics, this technology, in art and in the classroom. Yes, you can. Uh, we all hear of the acronym STEM, but a little less used acronym is STEAM. STEAM. You put an art <laughs> yes. in there, and art is a very important part of uh, the science, technology, engineering, and math curriculum. That's, That's definitely true. good to have, a, have some influence on there as well. Cool. Any final words before we uh, before we call it a day here? Um, no, just get involved in STEM or STEAM because it's really <laughs> awesome. And it's not only a guy's thing, as is obvious by we're all girls. <laughs> we're, we're all extremely grateful to let Mars or Marian Area Robotics Society be the face of uh, FIRST and STEM here for yeah. high school students. So I, I always try to give a shout out to uh, how our listeners can get involved. How, what is your input? How do you guys get more mentors on your team? How do you get more sponsors? How can you tell people out there listening to get involved with either your team or a team nearby, wherever they okay, are? Okay, so the way that I would suggest it is if you're in the area, uh, we're Marion High School. You can look us up. We have a Twitter. It's Mars Robotics. We have an Instagram. It's Mars Robotics. We have a Facebook. It's also Mars Robotics. Any underscores or anything? Or is it just uh, all Yeah, it's Mars underscore Robotics, all okay. of them. And then um, if you're not, uh, look up FTC if you have a team near you or first or first first yeah. yes first and if you have a team near you honestly there's not a registry but uh just call around to the schools if you're interested in donating or giving of your time or of your assets um it's it's a really great thing to get kids involved in especially at a young age you could even start your own team yes you can it's actually really not that. a hard I, thing I've, to do i've done that before i've started a team that we ran for for six years uh, and it is very very rewarding a lot of time but it's 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 definitely well worth it to get to work with students like you guys and your classmates and teammates <laughs> definitely good well cool well thank you for uh for being a part of the loom innovation podcast show and thank you for having us thanks <laughs> thanks i'm glad you all enjoyed the uh, clips so we'll see you all next time Welcome back to the Lumen Innovation Podcast. We're here with the remainder, probably remaining members of the Mars Robotics team, and plus one more, uh, Andrea, Mark, and Wyatt. Hello, y'all. Hi. Hello. Hey, and Andrea is, I've just found out, is Mark's wife and also a mom of a couple students on the robotics team. So that's kind of cool. Tell us about the dynamics of what it's like to be a, both a parent and a coach and the, kind of balancing the different responsibilities there. Well, the kids have always kind of come along with us to some extent or another, and so... I don't, just, I don't think it feels any different. Um, you know, me being the dad and the coach, uh, they're just yeah, members of the team. You know, it's, and all the kids, you know, we hang out with all the kids on the bikes team so much that, uh, I almost hate to say it this way, but they're our kids as well. Yeah, you know? I, I understand. I've yeah. been in some of those dynamics as well. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Well, let's get back to the eclipse. Why, why, what did you think of this, uh, this thing we just saw? I was right about it being dark. It didn't get as dark as I thought it was going to be, though. I'd okay. have to agree it didn't get as dark as I thought it would either. I thought it was going to be like But still you could see black. some stars. You could. I, I only saw one, really. Crickets. You could hear the crickets come out. Could. Okay. So some of your students that were here just a few minutes ago, they missed the same thing, but I, I either was not near crickets or I just didn't think to, to listen for them, but I didn't actually hear that. Uh, you know, I didn't. One of the team members pointed it out and was like, oh, yes. Yeah, I do hear them. Yeah. I yeah. don't think I had noticed it if somebody hadn't said something. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, I kind of wish I'd have thought of that, to, thought to, to consciously listen for that. Yeah, like you yeah, slowly heard them arise and then just died down. Wow. And you see them rising going around all the way, too. That was, that yeah, that was, yeah, that was definitely kind of amazing. What was your experience on this, Andrea? What did you think? Uh, well, it was, 
it was really amazing. It's so different than anything I've ever experienced before. Um, I know it would have been different had I been out in the country where our, where we live. Um, you know, a completely different experience. But it was pretty neat being with a great big group of people, people from all over there, experiencing it, it to di- together. Yeah, I didn't yeah. expect the, the crowd to cheer. That was totally yeah, on Yeah, the energy level. That started, yeah. started coming out from behind the cloud. Yeah, yeah. it was amazing. I, I had found a unique perch on uh, out on the practice football field. There's a, like a 40-foot tall tower where people film pra- football practice from. I climbed up at the top of that. I watched it from there, so it was a, bit, <laughs> a bit above the crowd. Uh, but oh, it, was, it was definitely kind of neat to get the 360-degree sunset or sunrise, whatever you want to call this yeah. thing. But yeah. Indeed. Uh, so I, I'm sure you're looking forward to seven years from now, right? When the next oh, yeah. one comes through. Oh, indeed, yeah. Practice rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, anything else to tell the audience about uh, how cool it is to be right here in the in the direct path of of the eclipse 2017? Uh, definitely, if you get the chance to do it, do it. It's. Uh, Give it a whirl, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if I can say I'm an umbrophile, but uh, I'll, I'll Ooh, be back again to see it. Big word, umbrophile. I yeah. don't think I've heard that yet, but it, it I, I'm new us. to that one too. I heard it just a few days ago. People that will go to each eclipse, no matter where it's at. Wow, that, yeah. that would be fun but expensive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very cool. Before we have a peace out here, I'm going to go around and give everyone an opportunity to uh, to give a shout out to First Robotics. Tell us, uh, Wyatt, how how you're different and better and a better student because of your experience thus far. And I realize you're just kind of getting started in this path, but what have you experienced so far with it? Honestly, I have learned a lot, like, not only about, like, how to engineer. I mean, obviously, I learned stuff like that. But um, other than that, I've actually, time management, you know, how to think better, how to have, react to people better, you know? Yeah. Stuff like that. And doing these kind of things, just being comfortable talking to people and, and kind of yeah. spreading your message and doing so in a comfortable manner and not being nervous and all that. So. Yeah. Like, because you don't only go out and you just make something and just challenge other people. You know, you also have to be, you have to act with other people and you have to talk to other people. And I mean, that's like 50% of it. Yeah, that's right. It is definitely, as they say, it is more than robots. There, there is such a, a wide range of skill sets learned in this, in this stuff. Where you get your gracious professionalism. Indeed. <laughs> Shout out to Woody Flowers here, right? That's right. <laughs> Very good. Mark, how about uh, you from your perspective? I'm sure you need uh, at times more help to get either more teachers or more, more mentors involved, maybe even more sponsors. Uh, can you give a shout out to that effort of how, how a listener can get involved either with your team or another team wherever they may live? Oh, they can... Uh... You know, First has a wonderful website. You can go there. Um, if you're Firstinspires.org. Firstinspires.org, that's yeah. right. Um, for us, you know, Marion Robotics, um, Mars Robotics, Marion Air Robotics Society. Um, give, you, know, you make a phone call or contact somebody, they'll be in touch with you. Because you know, we have three teams. We have three mentors and I think three parents that help out. And, you know, it, everybody that helps out is... Uh, means we can do that much more. Yeah, so I know what it's like to mentor from the FRC perspective, but not so much from the FTC. So how can mentors come in and into your program or other, other FTC teams and plug in and be helpful and not only be helpful to the team, but also get some reward back themselves? How, how do mentors play a part in FTC programs? Uh, I'm sure, I'm not sure, I'm not, I haven't done FRC, so I don't know if you know how much of a difference there is, but uh, I imagine it's almost the same. Uh, they come in, they... Uh, you know, we teach the kids, you know, basic skills or, you know, um, beyond basic skills. Uh, except our programmers come in, they teach them the basics, and then, you know, they don't hold their hand through the whole process. They'll, you know, show them some basics. Now, okay, you go figure out how to do, you know, you can make this light blink, 
now make it speed up as it blinks and it's what sure. that doesn't blink. Yeah. So how could you do that and then come back and kind of critique the work almost? You know, yeah. instead of saying, instead of doing it for them, we give them the skills to uh, to think for themselves and do it on their own. Give them basics and let them learn how to expand that skill set to something bigger and better and more appropriate to the to the robot. Right. Yeah, right. very good. How about sponsors? How can sponsors come into either your school or other schools throughout the country and plug in and be beneficial and, and help the school, help the students, and also in turn help the company or help the individual? Oh, yeah, we've done, uh, we, we've gone to co companies and uh, presented the robots at board meetings, uh, and they're always a big hit. It always surprises me that how much the people are like, you guys built this? You know, it's yeah. the high school team? It's like, yes, the high school team built this. Uh, we've even done stuff like uh, with our local um, Harley-Davidson, we went in and uh, um, cleaned the warehouse for them, you know, one night, and they you know, they, they sponsored a team, helped sponsor an event for us, so... You know, I think it's a win-win, you know, it's it's connecting with the community and then the community comes in and helps us do what we need to get done. Yeah, and you guys have the FTC team, which is uh, a little bit smaller effort than FRC, and, but you've managed to get three of them with your school, which is a, an outstanding thing to be able to reach out to more students. But it, ultimately, it's a, it's a little bit cheaper than FRC. But can you give uh, the listeners some idea of what it costs us to sponsor a team at the FTC level, or maybe oh. what, what the overall budget is for a year's worth of effort at FTC? Okay. Uh, right now, let me see, last year we spent for the three teams, uh, it was right around $18,000. Okay. But we did go to World, and that alone was three, almost $4,000. So, you know, we usually get by, you know, $14,000, $15,000 for three teams. And much of that, that travel budget is hotels. I mean, you're only oh, a couple hours away from St. Louis where one of the championships is held, but, but you still got three or four nights of hotel for 20 or yeah, 30 exactly. or Yeah, exactly. You know, we play with the idea of, you know, can we go back and forth, but it's, yeah. you need to be there. You can't. You just yeah. can't do that. That makes no sleep. You're driving <laughs> two hours there and two hours back. Yeah, yeah and up all day, yeah. And so, um, you know, we, we put the company's sponsor's logos on our shirts. We put them on the robots. Uh, we have a website. We put them on the websites as well, pamphlets, brochures, anything we produce. So uh, even if an there. individual or perhaps a company has got even 500 or or $1,000 to spare, that makes a big difference in your budget. Oh, uh, definitely, It doesn't yeah. take too much to uh, $1,000 donations to really make a big dent in, in what you guys need each year. Yeah, exactly, yes. Yeah. yes. And you'll happily print uh, more and more uh, logos on T-shirts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Andrea, what are your, your, what's your perspective on on this whole thing of uh, FTC? Um, I just like to see how the kids grow um, and in so many different ways. You know, you have kids that come in that don't really know much at all about engineering that are inspired to go into that field or maybe not, but they've just gained skills that you'll, they'll use in other ways. Our oldest um, child um, graduated from high school this past year. She's here with us, the team, today, and she's um, going into art education, but you see her explaining about the robots and t using technology in her personal life in ways that she wouldn't have before and it's it's you know it's, it's a valuable experience to be able to see things from more than one perspective indeed yeah that's that we, we were just talking about that with art plugging in and making the stem acronym into steam uh, and mm -hmm. how important that is uh, so your team is seven years old right have you been a coach for all seven years that's correct yeah wow so you've you've been around enough years now to see not only your students moving on to college but now moving into their careers Yes. So tell us um, about uh, how rewarding that is to see folks starting out as an engineer somewhere. Or, or you know, I don't know if we. Let me try to think here. Yeah, there's got to be one, some out there. Um, I, the first years, um, I'm not. One I know is a chemical engineer. Um, that's kind of room for that first year. So many have gone into engineering yep. that hadn't thought about that or, or computer science. Mm -hmm. It is um, definitely changing paths. Yeah, yeah and no then uh, when the kids ask you know, hey, we should start a robotics program at our school, I was like, yeah. 
Um, I know he's in computer science at, I think he's at U of I right now. So. Um, That's in Champaign-Urbana. Yeah, Champaign-Urbana. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. We okay. got a couple of kids that go to S and T in Missouri. Um, we got. Uh, I think one at Georgia Tech even. So they're. Oh, the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, yeah. They're they're out and about, so it's. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's neat to see that. Uh, Wyatt, where do you think you'll be in the five, ten, ten years down the road? You're you're now a sophomore, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. So in three years, you'll be thinking about college, or you'll be uh, well into thinking about college. You'll be enrolled somewhere. Uh, where do you think you might go now, and maybe what do you think you'll study? I know. I know. I mean, I feel like I want to study uh, aeronautics right now, you know, go work for a place such as SpaceX or something. I honestly don't really know where I'd be. It's okay. You've got plenty of time to think about it. It's it's Mm. difficult to nail that down this early, but but it's all right. You're uh, you're doing the right things. You're on a on a first robotics team, so that's that's always a good move. (laughs) Cool. Any final thoughts on either the eclipse or your robotics effort here before we uh, move on? experience really yeah. neat to see the uh, kids working together demonstrating the robots and, and experiencing the eclipse all together as a, as a team yeah yes. you guys uh, your uh, students that were here just a few minutes ago were talking about the going out uh, to the football field and demonstrating the robot and stuff and I actually got to see that on the broadcast TV here inside of this building so it was kind of neat to see you guys out there doing that and help spread the word for first and giving your students some experience really good well, cool. Well, thank you all for uh, being a part of this. And uh, listeners out there, we're going to post some videos on the luminovation.com website that uh, t- taken of the eclipse. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys will get a feel for what this event was about. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Jim Fox, and thank you for listening to the Luminovation Podcast. You can find us at luminovation.com. We are on iTunes and soundcloud.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Spread the word. Thanks. See you next time.